Okay, the parsha is Vaischanan, uh, which is also Parshat Nachamu. Uh, Nachamu, because we read that Haftorah, Nacharu, Nachamu, Ami. But it's also, uh, you know, it happens to come out at the same time as Tubav, and somehow we all made that into a major Jewish festival. So why not? Why not have a major Jewish festival in the parsha Vaischanan? I would like to talk about, I would like to try to uh, kind of um, explain what was going on between Moshe Rabbeinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu from a certain point of view. Everybody knows that the beginning of the parasha of Hanan relates a tragedy. I mean a real tragedy. Not just a bad thing, but a real tragedy. Here's Moshe Rabbeinu, who spent his whole life, really, trying to protect Am Yisrael and to make sure that they would get to Eretz Yisrael. And he, Moshe Rabbeinu, is denied the opportunity to go to Eretz Yisrael. And we don't know why. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu was punished, being punished for something. But we don't have clarity about the hate, and we also don't have clarity about why the punishment was appropriate, right? It's sort of a mystery. And in the midst of this mystery, the parsha of Vaitchanan says, Moshe Rabbeinu says himself, he tells the story to Bnei Yisrael, Vaitchanan el Hashem ba'etahilemo, Vaitchanan. Now, Hanan, it's not on the sheet. I just, you know, I assume everybody knows the first Pesukim Bahar. That Hanan El Hashem means, I beseeched God. Now, I'm not saying that I know exactly what Chet Nun Nun means in Hebrew. And I may not know exactly what beseech means in English, you know. But that's, that's part of the course, you know, if we sort of like recognize the word. So it's a form of prayer. It's a form of prayer. Moshe Rabbeinu is staying and praying. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest davener of all times. Because when he davened for Bnei Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch forgave them. Even though it made no sense. I mean, how could you forgive Bnei Yisrael for building the golden calf right after they received the Torah that says... Or the Aserta Dibrot that say, Lo Yelachalu Ibachirim al Panai. How could you forgive that? But Moshe Rabbeinu contrived to convince, with his davening, to convince heaven that Bnei Yisrael should be forgiven. So Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest davener of all times. He always succeeded. He always succeeded. And here you have the setup, that's the setup for the tragedy. It's not like us davening for something that we want. But here's Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest davener of all time, coming to Chet Nunun to beseech God and to say, and to say this in Pasuk Kavhei, Ebrana ver et aratatova shabayadain haratova zevalvanon. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go into Eretz Israel, the Ere, and to see it. 
So of course you know that the word Vayar is not an easy word to, it's easy to translate, but it's not an easy word to understand. And what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? After all, God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, go up on the mountain and take a look. But that's not what Moshe Rabbeinu meant. He didn't mean, I want to see the land. He meant, I want to see it well. I want to see the stones, I want to see the gravel, I want to see the earth, I want to see the, 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 the buildings. That's what I want to see, but I can't see that from here. I can just see a kind of a, a neutral uh, territory. So here's Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is davening for a reprieve. Now we don't know, again, we don't know what Moshe Rabbeinu did wrong to start with. What was the hate with the with the with the seller when he when he didn't speak to it and he spoke to it and he hit it? I mean, we don't know what that is. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we say I say we. I'm just being humble. I really mean me. I don't know what it means. I also don't know why the punishment was an apt punishment that that Moshe will not lead the Jews into Eretz Israel. Why is that the apt punishment for the, for the crime that I can't describe myself? But here we have Moshe Rabbeinu exercising the Moshe Rabbeinu prerogative of the greatest davener of all times. And what is he daven for? He says, I just want to go in and take a look. I mean, I want to take a good look. I want to be there. And he doesn't. He's not successful. And that's a tragedy. And it's that Moshe Rabbeinu could not use the power of Moshe Rabbeinu for himself. To achieve something. And you would think that this was obviously the case of Zenene Vizelo Chaser. I mean, what difference would it make if Moshe Rabbeinu went to Eretz Yisrael and then died? Or died the day before they went to Eretz Yisrael? I mean, what difference? could there possibly mean and then we come to the pasuk that I would like to consider and that's pasuk peregimel pasuk tavlav right so let's look at the pasuk it's on the sheet Hashem okay every single word is worthy of more consideration but we're not going to be able to do that we're only going to consider a couple of words Vayitaber, the word Vayitaber, according to all of the Rishodim, means to get angry. Right? It's true that it's connected to the word Mu'uberet, a pregnant woman. It has something to do with, with being filled. Right? But here the reference is to anger. To be angry. Vayitaber Hashem anchem. Moshe Rabbeinu says this terrible thing that if not for you, B'nai Yisrael, I would have been able to go into Eretz Yisrael. But Lema'anchem, God got angry at me. Now the anger that Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about is secondary anger. It's not the anger of when Moshe Rabbeinu did the Avera, whatever the Avera was, with the Selah, remember the Selah, he hit the rock, he should have spoken to the rock, whatever the Avera was, whatever the transgression was that Moshe Rabbeinu did, we're not talking about that anger that God had against him, we're talking about a new anger, the anger now, after davening, Moshe Rabbeinu davened, and then God got angry, the Lo Shema'elai, the Lo Shema'elai, Lo means, he did not accept my prayer. God did not accept the prayer. And now we come to the part of the pasuk 
that I would like to consider. I would like to consider. Vayome Hashem Eli. How did God say to Moshe Rabbeinu, No, you can't go to Eretz Yisrael. No, the punishment remains as it was. How did Hashem say that to Moshe Rabbeinu? What were the words? So the words were, Vayome Hashem Eli, Ravlach. Ravlach. Now, even before looking at Rashi, Ravlach sounds like it means you have too much. Too much what? I mean, what, what is Hashem saying to Moshe Rabbeinu? And then, Al Tosef Daber Eli Od Badavar Hazeh. Do not speak to me, Tosef. Tosefet. Further, don't speak to me further about that. Now, what does that mean? You speak to God and you petition God, and God says no. That might be the end of the discussion. It's true that for Moshe Rabbeinu, that may not be the end of the discussion. Certainly, when it comes to the Bnei Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu is willing to argue the case again and again. But what is this? What does Hashem say to Moshe Rabbeinu? He say, "No, you can't go to Eretz Yisrael." Ravlach, which means something, and then Al Tosef. Don't ask me again. You know, like sometimes you say to child, little child, right? This, you know, it says, uh, "Can I just have a, like a shekel to buy a something?" And you say, "No, you shouldn't get that." And then another. Finally, the parental response is, "Okay, but don't ask me again." Right? So. Is that what, what the Pasuk is saying? That Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, no, and it'll be no even if you ask me again. You know, that kind of annoyed response. Let's look at the Rashi. I told you that the word that all the Rishonim say, that the word Vayitaber means anger. Right? God got angry at Moshe Rabbeinu. Liman Chem. Bishvil Chem. Atem garamtem li. It was your fault. It was you caused this to happen to me. And then he quotes a pasuk. So Rashi says, just restates what the pasuk says, but he doesn't explain it. What do you mean? How did they cause this to happen to Moshe Rabbeinu? Unless he means you originally were the cause of my indiscretion. It's because B'nai Yisrael said we want water that Moshe Rabbeinu did the wrong thing. So maybe that's what the Pasuk means. Maybe that's what Rashi means. But it's not so clear. Let's get the reference and go to Rav. Rav Lach. That's what Rashi explains. Shelo Yomru. Harav Kamakasheh. Vatalmid Kamasavana Maftzir. That people should not say that the master is such a tough guy. Not such a tough guy. And that the, the student, the prodigy, is like so mild and, and, and pleasant and, and asking. So, so Ravloch, Ravloch means don't do it anymore. Don't ask anymore because... Everybody will think that you're a great guy, Moshe Rabbeinu, and that God in heaven is very tough. That's what Rav Lach means, right? That there is a Rav, Rav Lach. 
right? That the Rav is one way, and you are a different way. I mean, it's kind of a, not exactly an elegant comment by Rashi. It's hard to understand how Rashi got to this. So uh, Rashi is quoting a Medrash, not quoting it, but restating it. The Medrash says, one in one place, the Medrash says, Rav Lach means you Moshe Rabbeinu are going to get a lot of schar in Olam Haba. Rav Lach. Don't bother about Olam Hazeh. Now this connects obviously to the Medrash that explains, this is Sifri, that explains why did Moshe Rabbeinu want to go to Eretz Yisrael? Because he wanted to do the mitzvot. Rashi also quotes that Medrash. There are all the mitzvot that that Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to do as long as he didn't go to Eretz Yisrael. So it's as though Moshe Rabbeinu said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, said, said, look, okay, I want to be punished, but I, I, mean, I should be punished for doing whatever I did, but I also want to have the opportunity of doing the mitzvot atulot Eretz Yisrael. And the only way I can have that opportunity is by going to Eretz Yisrael. To which God responds, Rabloch, don't worry, your place in Olam Haba is secure. You're going to get a lot a lot of good stuff up there, right? So, don't worry about it. Don't talk to me about it anymore, because it's all arranged. Because it's all arranged. Okay, so now, as I said, there are two phrases in the Pasuk that are difficult. The first is Rabloch, and the second is Altosef. Right, so Rashi sort of gave us a little bit of a hint about what these psukim might, what these phrases might mean. In fact, he gives us two hints, right? Ravlach, that somehow you shouldn't compare the master, God, to the protege, Moshe Rabbeinu. And the other interpretation is, somehow Moshe Rabbeinu is going to get a lot of schar, a lot of reward in Olam Haba, and therefore, uh, uh, don't worry about it, Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Don't, don't think that if you don't go to Eretz Yisrael, you're going to be compromised in terms of the reward in Olam Haba, you'll get a great reward in Olam Haba. Okay, so that's what, uh, that's what it says. Now there's another pasuk in this parasha that I want you to uh, remember. And that's Perik Dalit Pasuk Bet. Right, we just learned Perik Gimel, right? Perik Gimel Pasuk Kavah. Now we're going to learn Perik Dalit, or look at Perik Dalit Pasuk Bet. Perik Dalit Pasuk Bet says, Lo tosifu al adavar, asher anochi mitzavah etchem, v'lo tigreu mimenu, lishmor et mitzvot Hashem elokechem, asher anochi mitzavah etchem. Now this pasuk, the, ta- the, the topic or the matter of this pasuk is mentioned twice in our parasha. And this pasuk refers to, this refers to the prohibition, baltosif, of adding anything to the Torah, and baltigra, of uh, uh, deleting anything from the Torah. Now how do you add and how do you delete? So Rashi says, Rashi says, you see the Rashi? Loto Sifu, Kigon Chamesh Parashiot Bitfilin, Chamesh Minim Belulav, Chamesh Tzitziot, Vechein Lotigru. According to Rashi, 
the prohibition of Baal Tosif applies to mitzvot that have a numerical boundary. So, tzitzit, there are four of them. So if you say, no, the Torah really wants me to have five, so you're Baal Tosif. Parashiot in the Tzfilin, there are four. If you say the Torah wants me to put in five, so you're Baal Tosif. Now, why would anybody say a thing like that? So it may be, it may be that it's like frumkite. Like somebody looks at the Torah and says, well, maybe the Torah thought that most people could only handle four tzitzit. But really the Torah would like me to add more tzitzit on my begot, and five or six. So that's called Baal Tosif. And uh, the way we understand Baal Tosif is not that it's not written in the Torah, but what makes it Baal Tosif is that you say it's written in the Torah. Did you say it's in the Torah, in the Torah itself? But if, for example, uh, a gzeirah, Chachamim made endless numbers of gzeirot and takanot and gedarim. Right? All of those words describe uh, things that are not written in the Torah, that we are obliged to do. We are obliged to maintain. How come? How come it's not baltosif? It's not baltosif because nobody says it's in the Torah. But if you would say, I know it says in the Torah you should sleep in the sukkah seven days in Eretz Yisrael, right? But let's say we think that the Torah is it's connected, doesn't make sense, let's sleep in the sukkah eight days. But if you said that, if you said that's really what the Torah wants, whoever would say a thing like that and sleep in the sukkah on the eighth day would be transgressing the love of Baal Tosif. Of that there is no, uh, there is no doubt. Okay? Uh, the Ramban on this pasuk asks about Migilat Esther. Right? Migilat Esther. It was a mitzvah, the Rabbanan, we say a bracha, asher gishal mitzvah tzivah, or mikra b'gilah. It's a little odd. So the Ramban has to figure out why making Purim is not called Baal Tosif. To us, this seems like an odd question because we've been keeping Purim for 2,500 years, so like it's a sort of a strange time to ask. But, uh, but the Ramban asked the question. He said, how could they make uh, Purim? I don't know if what the Gemara says. That the Anshik Zesedah Gedola, there were 180 Zikinim and, and amongst them Nevi'im, right? So they decided they should have Purim. So the Rabban says, what do you mean they decided? Everybody knows, everybody knows that the Torah can't be expanded even by prophecy. If a Navi comes, a true Navi, a Navi who is a uh, true blue and honest to goodness Navi, comes to you and says, God just told me we should make another holiday and put it in the Torah, you don't listen to him. No matter how respectful, respectful he is and how impressive he is, there's only one Navi, and this the Ramban says it, and the Rambam says it, everybody agrees, there's only one prophet that gives Torah, and that's Moshe Rabbeinu. Any other prophet, no matter how reliable he thinks he is, right? This is a very important thing for the for the the Rambam because you know that the Rambam, the Rambam, I mean, he counters the argument. He says, you know, there's an argument out there because there's another religion called Christianity. They also have a prophet, and they say that they were able to create a New Testament. Uh, there's another religion out there called Islam. 
And in Islam they said that they also were able to create a new testament called the Quran. And the Rambam lived in that world. I mean, we don't live in that world so much, I think. You know, I mean, uh, there are plenty of people in Eretz Israel who have never seen the New Testament and never seen the Quran, you know, because it's not like a real, it's not such an issue. I mean, unless you go to a motel in America and the top drawer you find the Gideon Bible. But except for that, you don't really have too many opportunities to get connected, to get connected to, uh, to but the Rambam, for the Rambam, this was a real issue. The Rambam had to, was talking to people who said, gee, if you could have a prophet, you could have another prophet. If you could have, and so many people believe the prophet, maybe. So the Rambam took a very strong stand, as did the Ramban later on. But the Rambam took a very strong stand on this matter and said that prophecy does not include the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu. That the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu was unique, will never be duplicated, and cannot be usurped. Now, he didn't prove that, but he showed that the Torah itself seemed to indicate that that's the case. You, you, uh, you know, I mean, eh, I don't know if, you're, if you study philosophy, maybe you'd say it's not exactly a proof. Okay, it's not exactly a proof, but the Rambam took a very strong stand on that. So that Baltosif always means that I'm attributing it to the Torah itself. Now the reason that I quote this Pasuk, the reason that I quote this Pasuk is because of the language in the Pasuk that we're interested in. The Pasuk says, It's an unnecessary phrase. God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'll Tosef like he's doing Tosef. He's doing something that you can't do. He's adding something that is unnecessary. That's what the Rambam, that's what the Rambam said is prohibited. The Rambam said is prohibited. Okay, I want to look at the, uh, the Baal HaTurim. You see the commentary of the Baal HaTurim. In this case, I mean, I've told you several times about the ba- Baal HaTurim. In this case, what the Baal HaTurim does is actually make a collection uh, from all of rabbinic literature of what Rav Loch might mean. Right? What the words Rav Loch might mean. So let's look at the Baal HaTurim. Rav Loch. Perusho. You have started, you Moshe Rabbeinu, at right? You started off, he started off with prayer. How does prayer start? How does prayer start? Prayer starts with Shevach, with praise of God. Moshe Rabbeinu stood before God to pray. So what did he, how did he do that? How did he stand before God to pray? He said, he said words of Shevach. He said words of Shevach. I davened then. Right? Without, we remember we said that the word Vetchanan demands further interpretation. 
Well, we don't know what it is. Hashem Elokim, Atachi Lota Larotav Bechad God Lecha, Vediotcha Chazaka, Hashem Mikel Bashamayim Arda Shazakim Atzacholchu Atecha. That's called Sheva. It's like Shmon Esrei. That's how we daven. The Rambam says, even before there was Shmon Esrei, even before there was Shmon Esrei, the Rambam at the beginning of the Chot Tefillah, the Rambam says, even before there was Shmon Esrei, you start with Shevach, then there's Bakasha, and then there's Hodaya. It doesn't matter if there's a fixed text or not. Even if there's no fixed text, that's the order of davening. That's the way that you daven. So here, the Baal term says, first interpretation. You began, Moshe Rabbeinu, to tell of God's praises. Ravu etzlecha v'gadol pimcha m'gisaper bo. So the, that's what the, uh, uh, that's what the Baal term says. It says, it's too much for you, Moshe. You can't really get a hold of it. How great God is. So it's as though the Balaturim says that God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, it wasn't such a great tefillah. I mean, I'd expect better from you, Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, all you did was talk about God lecha and yadcha chazakar. I mean, anybody can say things like that. That's what the, that's what the Balaturim himself Explains according to the Baal Turim, Rav Lach means this was really a lousy davening. You know, this was not. This is not what we paid money for. You know, these seats, terrible. That's the Baal Turim, Rav Lach, to get a result. The result that you are looking for, Moshe Rabbeinu, Roy, you have to daven a lot better than you davened. A lot better. Tavar Acher, second interpretation. Harav Shulcha, Gadol Mincha, Hu Adam Arishon, Al Yado Niknesamita Lakol. He says, Your master, your master, Moshe Rabbeinu, Rav, you have a Rav. Who's your Rav? Adam Arishon means Adam Arishon determined something about your life, about the life of Moshe Rabbeinu, and what was that? That everybody has to die. That was determined by Adam Arishon. He says, Ravlach, what do you think? That you could ask? You can't daven for something that can't be. Right? Like we know, it's forbidden to daven for rain in the summer. You can't daven for life without death. You can't daven for something that doesn't exist. That's not part of the nature of the world. So what are you davening for, Moshe Rabbeinu? The time for you to die has come. How old is Moshe Rabbeinu? 120. The time came. The time came. That was not only a question of a punishment. And he says, Adam HaRishon determined that everybody dies. And your time has come to die. That's Rav Loch, meaning you have a Rebbe. A Rebbe in the sense that someone else determined your biology or the limits of your biology. That's Adam Arishon. The Varachet third interpretation, Rav Loch. Harbei pa'amim asita kenegdi. He said, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Look, you know, you fought against me many times, Asita Kenegdi, against God. Amarta 
Remember, God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you go to Mitzrayim, get the Jews out of Egypt. And Moshe Rabbeinu answered, send somebody else. But don't send me. That's one case. <coughs> Why did you do this terrible thing to the people? Hatsona Bakar, Hasela, Eishal is no lechayotir. How does that sound? Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I really can't take this. You know who the Balaturim was the son of a ro- the Rosh, right? The Rosh was a Rishon. There's no doubt about that. And whatever the historians say that the Balaturim, whether he was a Rishon, or he wasn't a Rishon, basically, but. It was pretty close if he wasn't a Rishon. I mean, he's up there with the, um, in the Jewish Hall of Fame. This is what the, the, the Balaturim says. God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Ravloch, I can't take it anymore. All you do is tell me, God says, that everything I do is wrong. Look. You know, it's like, it's like God saying, I mean, who needs a Jewish mother? Right? That's a Jewish mother. Everything you do is wrong. So that's, a, that's what God says to Moshe Rabbeinu. Another interpretation. Ravlach, he says, you Moshe Rabbeinu think it wasn't so bad. Oh, so you spoke to the rock, you hit the rock. I mean, what, what, what was the big difference? What's the big deal? So you're asking for pardon. But I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sake, have a yochel to Moshe Rabbeinu. Listen, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're not a regular person. Anything you do wrong is magnified uh, uh, tremendously. People are always looking at you. So at Avera, what would be an insignificant and unimportant Avera for the guy who drives the truck is becomes a tremendous Avera for Moshe Rabbeinu. Another one. That's all Rav Loch. Rav Loch, Rav Loch, Rav Loch. Davar Acher, Vazeh Yodea Sherav Loch. Kiani Rabcha. He says, "Bazei yodei sherav lecha, rav loch." You have a rebbe. First we said it was Adam Arishon, but now it's God. Ki ani rabcha, ki kama pa'amim nitzach tani v'atash nishbati lachain lo taviu. He says there are many times that it would seem that you beat God, you beat heaven. Heaven said, they're not going to go to Eretz Israel, they're not going to live. And Moshe Rabbeinu won. But now in this case, when HaKadosh Baruch said that you and Aaron are not going to go to Eretz Israel, on this you're not going to win. Two, three lines from the bottom of the Balaturim. Higia hasha'ah sheyesh l'charav. Tikvar higia zmano shel Yoshua. Rav Lach There is another Rav In the community And he's never going to be able To be considered the Rav As long as you're around So you can't go to Eretz Israel Because if you went to Eretz Israel You would be compromising The leadership of Yoshua bin Nun This is all Rav Lach All full of good ideas Right? All full of good ideas One more 
This is what Rashi said. Alti Rabbi Malachamavet ki Arav Chelcha Yasok Bicha. It was don't be afraid of the angel of death because you have so much merit that it will give you uh, what you're looking for in Olam Azeh Abba Davar Acher Rav Lach Harbei Tovot Mitukadim Licha Ma Rav Tuvcha Shetzafanta Liyarecha I said you're going to get all kinds of good things in Olam Abba so now what you have in this Balaturim which deserves analysis it's a comment that he made and then a list of comments that he found in the Midrash. Let's remember, what was the comment that the Balaturim himself said, Perush? The first thing that the Balaturim said was that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he davened for himself, was not able to daven like he davened for Am Yisrael and when he davened for himself that davening was simply not impressive in heaven it was not the kind of davening that was going to shake the world and change the realities that's what the Balaturim says and then he goes on and quotes a list of interpretations that are found in various medrashim which we could go back and look at and they're all very interesting but what I want to tell you is that there's one interpretation in one Gemara that the Balaturim leaves out that he does not that he does not quote and that interpretation is found in a, in a Gemara in Sota that Yud Gimel Amudbet where is it? here so, second page, the top of the second page. You give Amur Bet. Mi lanu goi gadol mi Moshe. Right? So there's a, the Gemara there, Gadot is talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, about the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu. Listen to this. Vayome Hashem Eli Ravlach. Does that sound familiar? By this time? I mean, it should. But Allah Pasuk, Vayomer Hashem Elai Rav Lachamar Rabbi Levi. Commentary, interpretation. Berav, the said, Berav, the Sruhu. Berav, the The second part means he was told his faith. He Moshe Rabbeinu was told his faith by Kodesh Baruch Hu, using the word Rav. You know why? Because when Moshe Rabbeinu had to tell somebody something, he used that word Rav. That's what Rabbi Levi said. Now, explanation. Explanation. Rav Biser. Rav Lachem. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. He said Rav Lachem. We'll see in a minute what it was. So Moshe Rabbeinu said Rav Lachem and that was in the story of Korach in the story of Korach Moshe Rabbeinu said Rav Lachem and because of that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu Rav Lach now this is a marvelous agarita 
because on the face of it it makes absolutely no sense at all and you know when you start out with something that makes absolutely no sense you can do something with it right it's when things are understandable that you have a problem when things are, don't make any sense Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Now look at the continuation of the Gemara. Davaracher. Davaracher. This is the Gemara in Sota. Rav, Yeshlecha, Manu Yoshua. Remember the Balaturim quoted the Gemara? That, there, that there's another Rav in the community who has to be given a chance, and that's Yoshua. Davaracher, another interpretation. Rav Lachshon, Lo Yamru, Yamru Harav. That's whose interpretation is that? That's Rashi, right? That's what Rashi said. Rav, using the Rav is almost a noun. It's a Rav. It's a Rav that we're talking about. The Kolkakalama, Hanavei Rabbi Yishmael, Mifum Gamla Shichano. So look at Rashi. Rashi. Rashi's not going to go and tell us. This is the Rashi of the Gemara and Sota. And Rashi's going to explain it to us, right? He's explain the whole thing. So he says, Remember Omar Ablevi. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Rav? So HaKadosh Baruch says to him, Rav. Right? It's like, quid pro quo. Yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu, you say that? So God will say that back to you. When did Moshe Rabbeinu say it? He said it to Korach Vadato. How can you compare Korach Vadato to Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, it's almost, it's almost like inconceivable. It's almost inconceivable. So Rashi says, Rabbi at b'nei machloketo, the ones who came to disagree with Moshe and Aaron. Remember Korach Vadato? What did he say? Rav lachem b'nei levi. V'akadosh b'ochum edak tekim atzadikim kuchuta sahara. So it turns out according to Rashi that when Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Bnei Levi Rav Lachem right, is that what he said? Rav Lachem he did something wrong I don't know what he did wrong but it's like, like Rashi said because Moshe Rabbeinu did it and he did something wrong so that's why according to Bochel when he told Moshe Rabbeinu that he's going to be punished or the punishment is not going to be rescinded he said Rav Loch said the same thing as Rashi says and then uh, uh, okay so okay that's enough that's enough. You can look at the Rashi and stuff. That for, for us, there is, so, so I showed you that the Balat Turim, that the Balat Turim did not mention this part of the Gemara, Omar Avlevi, that connects the story of Korach and the story of, and the story of Moshe Rabbeinu Vetchanan. And the reason that he didn't mention it is because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I mean, what, what, what does it possibly mean? Now, let's just look for a minute at the story of Korach. When you go back to the first page, so you see the Pesach says, So who is the first one who said Rav Lachem? Korach said it. Korach was the one who said it. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu also said it later on, but first... Korach said it, and Rashi says, Habei yoter midai lekachtem latzmechem gdulach. So what does the word Rav mean? It means much, many. Rav lochem. You took too many jobs. You took too many positions. 
You took all the seats in the front of the shul. You sit in all the seats. Right? Not just in one seat. It says, Very simple, straightforward pshat. Okay? And then, and then of course, you, you, the, the argument, Kulat Kedoshim, everybody was Ar Sinai, but the, but the, uh, the, the, the is that Korach said, Rav That Korach said, listen, I, I, I measured it. I, I know how much covered you should get. I don't know how many jobs you should get. And you took too many. It's kind of an odd thing. It's an odd ta'ana that Korach makes. But okay, that's the Tana. Now we read in the Pasuk, Vaishma Moshevi Polapadav. Vaishma Moshevi Polapadav is a famous reaction of Moshe Rabbeinu, which means he didn't know what to say. Moshe Rabbeinu, the argument was a good argument. Kulam Kedoshim. Everybody was a Harsinai. And why should Moshe Aaron have all the jobs? Even though Moshe Aaron only took the jobs that HaKadosh Baruch told him to take. Nevertheless, nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu was somewhat of a, of a, of a Democrat. Right? He wasn't a Melech in the sense that he, that he had this power that he wanted to pass on to his children. I mean, he was a Democrat. And he said, he, he, didn't have, he didn't know what to say. In other words, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, well, the only thing we can do is go back to HaKadosh Baruch It's to make sure that with the jobs that I have taken and that Aaron has taken, are really the jobs that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to take. I, mean, no, I have no argument. I have no argument against your, your Seichel, you Korah. You're arguing, everybody was at Harsinai, so everybody's Kedoshim, so everybody should be the same. We should not only have democracy, but we should have socialism. There should be nobody, anarchy, anarchy, right? That's a good thing. Everybody is, everybody's in charge of everything. No one's in charge of anything. I mean, what do you need all this, these leadership types of jobs? Right? What do you need? Melucha and Kahuna. It's enough that everybody should be, should learn Torah. As the Ramam says, it's the Torah. It's the Torah. It's Right? That even though, even though Melucha is passed down from father to son, even though Kahuna is passed down from father to son, the Mishnah and the Mishnah and the Rambam and the, 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 uh, the Shulchan Aruch and the Rav Shulchan Aruch they all say that the Keter Torah is the greatest of all there's no comparison so it means that since the Keter Torah is available to everybody it doesn't matter who your father was so that's a kind of a, an anarchy position that the leadership will always come from the people who deserve to be leaders it's an interesting idea, right? You know that anybody who's, who remembers the Tanakh a little bit knows that the Jews, the Am Yisrael, always had difficulty with appointed leaders and inherited leadership, whether they were Melachim or Kohanim. They were always difficult. It was always difficult because you couldn't get away from them. You couldn't extricate yourself from their leadership very easily. And, and, and so we always had difficulty with that. That's why the Torah principle, or this principle that, that Torah creates the leaders, right? Bimalochem yimlochu, the Pesach in, in, in Mishlei, that the kings listen to the Torah. So the person who knows what the Torah wants is really in charge of the kings, right? And for some reason, that's what the Ramah wrote 
in his shul if you've been to Krakow if you haven't been to Krakow so you'll go someday and you'll see that on top of the Aaron Kodesh the Ramor wrote V Melochem Yimlochu what he meant was here I'm in charge that's what he meant but not because my father was in charge but because if you have a Shiloh to ask you can ask me and that makes me in charge so they uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu said I have nothing to say the argument of Korach Vadato is a great argument Kulam Kedoshi but if I can show you that this is the way the Rebbeinu Shalom wants us to organize our world then we have to organize our world in that way and therefore he said he said we'll see maybe everybody will be a Kohen everybody will bring a Ketoret even though you know it's Asur it's, it's prohibited for anybody, anybody to bring the Ketoret sacrifice who is not a Kohen and then he says and God will choose if chooses Aaron so you know that we've done the right thing and then what does Moshe Rabbeinu say Rav Lachem B'nai Levi so you know if this was a kind of a debate of a televised debate and one side said Rav Lachem and the other side would be able to like turn the phrase and say Rav Lachem back so that might be appreciated in a kind of literary sense but Moshe Rabbeinu in the Torah we have to think about it a little more remember in Pasuk Gimel in Pasuk it says Gimel Vayomru Alehem Korach to Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Rav Lachem Rav Lachem and then the response of Moshe Rabbeinu where he says we've got to test this Rav Lachem B'nai Levi Rav Lachem B'nai Levi Yes? So What does Rav Levi say? Remember Rabbi Levi in the Gemara and Sota? Rabbi Levi said Because Moshe Rabbeinu Said the Rav phrase So HaKadosh Bochu Said the Rav phrase Back Back at Moshe Rabbeinu that's what the uh, that's what the uh, that's what it says so it seems to me it seems to me that there are two interesting two interesting ideas that might be derived from this wealth of information firstly I think we have to agree that the phrase Rav Loch is difficult it was not clear to Chazal in various places why those words were used when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu you're not going to get what you want your tefillah is not going to be accepted and even if we knew what God said we don't really know why and so why after all if Moshe Rabbeinu thought to daven so I guess that Moshe Rabbeinu thought that davening might be helpful and if Moshe Rabbeinu thought that the davening might be helpful how come he was so off the mark 
And that HaKadosh Baruch was willing to make it possible for the tefillah to be effective. I mean, it's like, it's out in the open. It's not like us davening. We, we daven, we don't know. We don't know if God, if we daven properly, if it's heard in heaven. We don't know what the cheshbon is with us personally. We don't know. We daven, we have to daven. But we have no time, no. We can't complain. Here the Torah says, Okay, Moshe Rabbeinu David, and it was heard in heaven, and heaven rejected it. Imagine that. Rejected, and, and it rejected it on the basis of Rav Loch. And Rabbi Levi says it connected to Moshe Rabbeinu's behavior with the B'nai Korach Adato. And what did he say with Korach Adato? Rav Lochem B'nai Levi. Now you know that that statement, Rav Lochem B'nai Levi, is irrelevant to the discussion. It's the wrong thing to say without a doubt, because what did the B'nai Levi say to Moshe and Aaron? You took too much. What did Moshe Rabbeinu say? Okay, you have an argument. We'll take our case to heaven. HaKadosh Baruch will tell us if I took too much or I didn't take too much. What's it got to do with Rav Lachem B'nai Levi? Rav Lachem B'nai Levi established well, what, what, what's it got to do with this guy? What is Rav Lachem B'nei Levi? Rav Lachem B'nei Levi has nothing to do with what we are talking about. There's a, the Torah Tzmila says this. The Torah Tzmila brings an idea. I don't know where he got it from. The Torah Tzmila, I told you in the beginning, in his introduction, the Torah Tzmila said, that I don't always remember where I take it from. But I admit that I, every, it's all stolen. Everything that Torah Tzmila comes from someplace. But he wrote it. I don't know when he wrote it. He wrote it without... He had no sforum or he couldn't look it up. So he said instead of quoting some things and not quoting others, the Torah Tzmila doesn't quote anything. Doesn't quote anybody. But he admits in the beginning, it's a introduction, that it's all quoted from somebody. And he has this to say. I don't know where it comes from. I would like to know. But I don't know where it goes. He says this. He says, when a person says, when a person, it knows like, what was Moshe Rabbeinu doing? Moshe Rabbeinu was davening, as in Korach, in the Korach case. Moshe Rabbeinu was davening that God would help him, that God would be supportive of, of him, and show the world that Aaron Hakohen was had the right job why did he say Rav Lachem B'nai Levi why did he say Rav Lachem B'nai Levi he said and besides which you guys are bad guys because you also have Rav you also have in other words what did you come to complain about it's not as though you're disenfranchised it's not as though you're like impoverished and you have nothing to do and you don't have anything to learn and that you're not Levium and that you don't do with the Avoda and the Mishkan and the Beit HaMikdash he says it's not, not like that since you came to complain I am going to say something negative about you You, 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 you understand what Moshe Rabbeinu said? I'll say it again. Moshe Rabbeinu says, You, B'nai Levi, you came to complain about an injustice. But you shouldn't have. 
Because people while come to complain about that kind of injustice are people who, who feel it's missing. That they're missing some kind of greatness. So if you have one person sitting in the front of the room, in the first row, and somebody sitting in the second row, and everybody else is sitting in the bleachers, so the guy sitting in the second row should say, hey, you know, boy, I'd really like to sit in the front row. All I want to do is sit in the front row. That's not a midah tova. Everybody's in the bleachers. What are you, what are you nervous, worried about sitting in the first row or the second row? Both rows are pretty far up in the front. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, look, I can't logically prove to you that you're wrong. But you're wrong about asking. You should not have come to ask. Because you have enough. You are important people. You are B'nai Levi. You're B'nai Levi. So if you're B'nai Levi, you shouldn't come to ask. Or my Rav Levi... Oh, my Rav Levi, when you compromise a position of somebody in tefillah, you'll find that your own tefillah will be similarly compromised. It's just like Chazal say, Avram Avinu wanted a child. He wanted a child with Sarah. So who did he done for? Who did he done for? He done for Melech. Right? He done for the king of Egypt. So that he would be able to get back to himself. So we know that when you daven for somebody else who has the problem that you have, then you will be responded to earlier. Another way of looking at this Chazal is that it's simply the davening is better. When you daven for yourself, when you daven about something that's bothering you alone, there's some issue here. It's not quite as good, which is why when we say daven Shimon Esra, we always daven in the plural. Even though we may be thinking about the singular, but we're thinking about ourselves. Where it says Rifaino or Barachaleino, he talks about Parnasao, he talks about, he's thinking about himself, but he has to say it in the plural. That's the way the Shemot Esrei is organized. So when Moshe Rabbeinu said, Ravloch to Korach, it was unnecessary. It was uncalled for in a manner of speaking. So Omar of Levi, Omar of Levi, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Ravloch unnecessarily, Chakarish Bochul said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Ravloch, that's why your prayer is not going to work. That's the deficiency in the davening of Moshe Rabbeinu at this time. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, when he talked about Korach, made an unnecessary criticism about how they felt. And that unnecessary criticism was, you have enough. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you also have enough. Al Tosef, that becomes an issue of Baal Tosef. Once your personality is defined, 
or once the way you set up the davening, then you can't add anything to it. And unless you go out of your way to change it, it'll always be that way. So what Chanan al-Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu says it's a small thing going to Eretz Yisrael. Kodesh Baruch says to Moshe Rabbeinu Rav Loch. And we saw that these words Rav Loch are problematic. They don't lend themselves to an obvious interpretation. Omar Avlevi Rav Loch has to do with what Moshe Rabbeinu said to, to Korach Vadasov. And that Rav Loch was unnecessary. It was an unnecessary critique of the position of Korach. It was though to say, well look, even if you think you're right, why bother? You've got so much going for you, you've got so many advantages. Eh, Korach, forget it. Omar Avlevi, so HaKadosh Baruch said to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's the Rav Loch that prevents your davening from being what it might be and getting you into getting you into Eretz Yisrael and this is a kind of a baltosif issue that you can't change the way the Torah determined who you are and Moshe Rabbeinu he was the man who said Rav Loch and the man who said Rav Loch could not pray his way into Eretz Yisrael and so the Torah says, Al Tosef, don't add any more to to arguments about going into Eretz Israel. Have a good chance.